0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get to Know Jesus. Today I will be in John chapter 17 again. John chapter 17, verse 6 through verse 19. So here we have the Lord Jesus. This is his prayer to the Father as he awaits his death on the cross, as he awaits his betrayal from Judas Iscariot. Today we're going to learn a lot about what Jesus says of uh, disciples, about his followers, about Christians, and on how we are not of this world, but we are still in this world. So let us begin. Verse 6, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So if you are a Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are no longer your own. You were crucified with Jesus. You're now His. So therefore, if you're His, you should be living for Him. You should be keeping His word. Verse 7. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. So you see, everything Jesus did on His ministry on the earth... The miracles, the teachings, everything. When he would correct the words he spoke. Everything was from the Father. He was in constant fellowship with God the Father. And the disciples have finally understood that now. They finally come to that understanding. But they still don't understand the meaning of the cross. They don't understand his death and resurrection. But you know, I'm afraid that a lot of us today... Haven't come to the understanding that everything that Jesus did was from the God the Father. Jesus in this, uh, in this, in the account of John. Jesus consistently emphasizes on how everything he did was from the Father. As he heard the Father say, he did. He followed all the Father's commandments. Everything the Father told Jesus to do, He did it. Everything He told Him to say, He said it. Verse 8. For I have given to them the words which you have given Me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent Me. So there it is again, the disciples are, they have an understanding of Jesus was sent from the Father in heaven, and there's another one that so many false religions have misunderstood is they don't think Jesus came from God the Father, they think He's just a regular old dude, they think he's just a prophet, some say he's just a regular man, some say he's not even who he says he is. I'm here to tell you that he came from God. We're really to tell you that he came from God the Father in heaven. He left his glory, came to the earth, and died for us. But look again at verse 8. For I have given to them the words which you have given me. So there it is again, as I said before. God gave him the words to speak, and Jesus was obedient and said everything the Father wanted him to say. Jesus gave him the words of the Father. He gave him the word of God. He didn't give him riches. He didn't give him the nicest house. He didn't give him... The nicest car. He didn't give them anything of this world. He gave them the heavenly thing. He gave them the word of God. The one thing that will last. He gave them the most important gift. And that is the word of God. How many pastors, how many teachers, how many parents are giving their kids the wrong thing? We should be giving the word of God out to everybody. Parents, you should be giving out the word of God to your kids. To your grandchildren, you should be teaching them, raising them up, teaching them about Jesus. That's the, that's the job of a parent. Don't you understand that you have been given a reward. One, a child is a reward from God. And two, you have been placed in charge to raise that child up in the ways of the Lord. Verse 9. I pray for them. Who's them? Them is... The disciples, that is, the Christians. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So there's a very stout statement that Jesus has made. I'm going to read it one more time. I pray for them, I do not pray for the world. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. This is still the same thing today. Jesus is not praying for the world. Jesus does not intercede with the world, but he only intercedes for his followers only. Jesus died for the world, but he is not praying for the world. Jesus died for the whole wide world. What more do we want from him? What more does the world need from him? Believe and receive him. Repent. Is Jesus praying for you? Are you His? Can you be sure that He's praying for you in this prayer? And that He is interceding for you? Don't leave this. Don't, don't do anything else until you're sure. I have a feeling there's a lot of people who say they're Christians, but they're not really sure of their salvation. They're not sure that that they can be included in this prayer where Jesus says, I pray for them I do not pray for the world. Are you of this world are you or are you, in, or, or, or are you a, a citizen of heaven? Jesus again he says, I pray for them I do not pray for the world but for the, but for those whom you have given me for they are yours that's who Jesus is praying for. He's praying for his followers. He's constantly interceding for us. For they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now we move on to verse 11. Jesus says, Now I am no longer in this world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. So Jesus is saying, these, your, your, your disciples, your people, your they're mine, yes, and they are yours. But they're still in this world. They're so so and he's gonna touch up he's gonna explain that a lot more. He's gonna emphasize that a lot in these verses that we read today, but you know, we're 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 always complaining about this world and the troubles and everything that comes with it, and we always just think that, oh man, we just need to get out of this world. Yes, we will get out of this world, but but we're still in this world. This world is where we should be doing our work for Jesus, not living for ourselves. So Jesus says, But these are in the world. We are still in this world. So there's no reason that we shouldn't be acting as the world. We're like a foreigner in the world. We're just coming through, we're just passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. But we're still in this world. And while we're here, let us obey the Father. And I come to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming to you, Father. I'm about to come to you after my death and resurrection. Now he says, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So now Jesus, his his first prayer is that is that we, uh, is that we be kept to Him? Is that we be His? And a second prayer for us is that we be one. That we that, so Jesus wants unity in the church. The Lord wants unity in order for us to be one. In order for us to have unity, that is the Christians. We must learn to first love one another, to follow his word. Now the unity that Jesus is speaking of is not like it is of an organization. It is in love in Christ Jesus always. Everything is always in Jesus. So here's an example I thought of. The Catholic Church, they're constantly seeking for unity, yet it's done in politics. Its mindset is to gain power, just as an organization is. Jesus means all who are in Christ to be unified, not the people who are in church. I'm talking about the people who are truly following Jesus, that we are all to be unified in Christ. See, when we give your life to Jesus, we're all in Jesus. We're all the body of Christ, every one of us who are truly His. So Jesus prays for unity for us. He prays that we don't be taken out of the world. He prays that we he, he prays for us cuz he knows that we're still in this world. So now verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I kept. I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled, and the son of perdition, of course in this case is Judas Iscariot. As all the scriptures might be fulfilled, the prophecy. Verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. What a wonderful thing. God doesn't want us to be some long faced, sad, mopey around Christians walking around, never smiling, never being excited. No, He wants us to have joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, though. And if you go back to John chapter 15, Jesus explains how to bear fruit. That is fruit of the Spirit. First, you must abide in Jesus. How do we abide in Jesus? We abide in Him by seeking Him in His Word, in prayer, in fellowship, in worship. Abide in Jesus, and then you will bear much fruit. Fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace all these things first i must i i truly want to say that first you must learn to love in order to have joy joy is a characteristic of love but before you can love you must abide in christ you must be in jesus Now, Jesus wants us to have joy in this world. Notice, as I said, in this world. So don't, we need to stop complaining. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Putting our hope in that we're going to one day be in heaven. But while we're here on the earth, my friends, we need to find joy in Jesus. And we need to live out his word. We need to tell others about Jesus. Verse 14, I have given them your word. So there it is again. Jesus has not given us anything. He didn't give anyone any false or worthless junk. He gave us the word of God. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I did a study a while ago on how the world is going to hate us. If we truly stand for the word of God. We're never going to really experience What Jesus said would happen to those who follow him who are persecuted. He said, you will be persecuted and reviled for my name's sake. We're never going to experience that until we start following his word. You see, it is his word. It is because of his word, it causes division. It causes controversy. His word does. And if we stand for it, that's what's going to happen. Look at, look at Hebrews 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 12. It does a really good explanation on the word of God, how it is on humans. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is what the word of God does. It pierces to the heart. It is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts, cuts deep with truth. That's what his word is. His word is truth. So again, verse 14. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. So if we're standing for Jesus, if we, first off, if we are in Jesus, we're not of this world. We need to understand that. We need to understand that we are literally just foreigners in this earth. Our residency is already in heaven. But God has kept us in this world so that we may glorify him on the earth, which is done in Jesus. That we may go and work on the earth. When I mean work, I mean doing His will. I mean telling others about Jesus. I mean living out His word. I mean bearing fruit. See, we... We should be going against the grain. Against the world. We should be keeping His word. We should be keeping His word... We will be hated because of it. But look, don't be alarmed. We can find joy as we abide in Christ. So now here it is. He's going to explain a little bit of what I've, been, what I've already been saying. Verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. So this thing of, of, of suicide... Christians where they say I mean there's been a lot of Christians who have said Tired of being in this world. I can't take it anymore And they take their own life It's a tough subject, but I'd just like to touch up on it very quickly Why would Jesus Save our lives. Why would he die to save us just so that we could take our own life? It's an oxymoron guys Jesus, he says, I I do not pray that you should take them out of this world. So Jesus wants us to stay in this world. Why? So that we can fulfill his word, so that we can testify about him. Just because you gave your life to Jesus doesn't give you a free pass out of the world or out of the world's problems. He wants to use us to save more souls on earth. And this is true joy. So let me read all verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Remember this. Remember God is in control. He will test you as is fitting for you to grow in fellowship with him. But he will protect you from Satan. He says that. Jesus prayed that for us that you should keep them from the evil one. This world, this world is Satan's kingdom. And as long as we're in this world and we're standing for the word, Satan's going to continue to try and attack us. Let us just abide in Jesus. We need to stop complaining about being in this world and getting out of this world. and I think we've all been there, but let us find joy in the world. Let us find joy in working for the Lord. Verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth sanctify them he means to set apart we are to be set apart to god not the world jesus is praying for us that we should be sanctified by the truth by the word of god we are not of this world we should be set apart that is what christ prayed christ prayed for we are to set up we are to we are set apart by his word His word will divide you from the world. We as Christians need to be in the word of God daily and obey him. There is so much power in the word of God. The living word is Jesus. The word is truth. Jesus is truth. We're to set apart ourselves. How do we do that? We come to the Father through the name of Jesus. We should set ourselves apart. To the word of God. Obey the word. And you'll find very quickly how the world will hate you. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So Jesus has sent us to do what? To preach the gospel. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. That they also may be sanctified by the truth. So Jesus is saying, I first, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart for their sakes. I set myself apart to your will, Father. And that is to die on the cross. To rise from the dead. His resurrection, his death and resurrection was the will of the Father. Jesus set himself apart to that will. So that we could one day set ourselves apart to the Father. Through Jesus. He did that so that we could have a relationship with the Father. What a wonderful thing Jesus did for us. So guys, just remember we are in the world still. We're not of this world, but we are in the world. So we should not be acting as the world. We shouldn't be going along with the world. We should stand out. Set yourself apart to the Word of God and obey the Word and watch and see how God works in your life and how you'll find very quickly that the world does not love you anymore. You'll have family. You'll have friends. They'll look at you different now. They might not love you anymore. They might push you away. But understand, that's all for the name of Jesus. He said it would happen. Don't be alarmed by it. We should be expecting it if we're standing for his word. God bless everyone. Have a great day.